Welcome, folks, to Brandon Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ, not through any work or agency of man, but by the grace of God alone. I'm Pastor Will Hunsaker, and in our last episode of Open Your Bibles, Paul presented an argument for the superiority of God's grace from a Jewish perspective. Today, in Galatians 4, verses 8 through 11, Paul argues the superiority of God's grace from the point of view of the Gentiles. So, big picture of God's plan of redemption. Israel was the beginning of the church as the people of God. Their position as God's people was never replaced. God simply added more branches to the tree, so to speak, of his people. This is the case with the Gentiles. Gentiles, again, being those that are not Jew. Let's get to the text from the Apostle Paul. Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that don't even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? You are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons of the year. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Galatians 4, 8 through 11. So what we have here is Paul now speaking to the Galatians that did not have a Jewish background. They were Gentiles. They believed in all sorts of stuff. And many didn't really give the idea of faith much thought at all. The principle, once again, is that God's grace is sufficient here. So can the, the Gentiles or anyone else, for that matter, earn God's grace? Well, Paul says no. The spiritual principles that we often develop, masked in tradition or ritual or law, are essentially useless, no matter what they are. So why go back to that? Paul says, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? Galatians 4.9. So nothing we can do in obedience to God can earn us his grace. Otherwise, it would not be grace, but something we earned. Now, of course, this is not to discount obedience. We are to be obedient to God, but it is, a again, a byproduct of our faith. It comes naturally because the old self has been removed and the new self has come through in Christ. So you might be asking yourself, okay, I understand that I am found righteous before God because God provided a pathway for me to do that free of charge. But what exactly are the conditions to become righteous before God? There must be some standard in place. In other words, what am I getting for free? Well, it's simple. I'll double down on what I said last week. The way anyone can be righteous before God is to be in perfect obedience to everything he has declared to be right. And those were all the promises, all the laws required in the old covenants. 
Now, how did I come to that conclusion that you need to be perfectly righteous before God in obedience? Well, I really didn't. The word of God did. So in Genesis 3, we see this. Adam was in the garden and he had it pretty good. He had a close relationship with God. He had no illnesses, no shame. He had eternal life. He could eat freely of all the fruit in the garden as long as he did not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said to him, if you do on that day, you will die. You will lose everything. You will lose eternal life. Everything will be gone. So Adam failed because he ate of the forbidden tree and he lost everything, including, as I said, eternal life and a relationship with God. So as our representative, our federal representative, Adam failed and his failure was passed down to us. We inherited not only his debt, but also his sinful condition of disobedience. So salvation to be made right with God is based on the perfect work of obedience, which we always fail. No matter how good we feel our intentions are, we eventually fail. Fast forward through the Old Testament to the crucifixion of Christ, where Jesus' last words were tetelesta, it is finished. That's from John 19.30. Well, what did Jesus mean? What is finished? Everything God had unfolded in his plan of redemption since the fall of Adam. Every act of obedience that God had declared needed to be right, to be made right with him, was finished. It was all complete. So Jesus said that. So where Adam had failed, Christ had succeeded. Christ fulfilled all of God's promises and all of God's laws perfectly. He displayed perfect obedience and was found righteous before the Father. Now, God had determined by an act of grace, a free gift from eternity past, that the righteousness of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman, that righteousness that was found in his perfect obedience would be assigned to all who believe. We call that imputation. His righteousness was imputed, was transferred to us through our faith. That is God's gracious gift. So we are saved by the work of perfect obedience, but the work is not our own. It is the work of Jesus Christ. Folks, that cannot be said enough. Perfect obedience is what God requires, but we get it through the work of another. We wear the cloak of Christ before God. So anything that we have determined to earn us God's grace is false. Baptism, communion, confession, attending service, marriage, etc. I can go on and on. All are great and should be celebrated, but it is unbiblical to assume that they earn us one ounce of grace. Believe scripture, folks. When you come to Christ, you receive all the grace you will ever need to be made right with God. That's his promise. 
Paul emphasized that if we are trying to attain righteousness before God by any work or act of obedience, then he fears for us, indicating we may never have had saving faith to begin with. Paul continues in Galatians. He says, you are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Galatians 4, 10 through 11. He didn't say don't celebrate those things. Just don't think they earn you any favor. The Jews have persuaded these Gentile Galatians, these non-Jewish Galatians, the Jews have persuaded them that they needed to observe all the Jewish traditions to receive God's grace. And Paul is warning them to refuse such thinking. No one can improve on what Jesus has already done. It's very important for us today because you see these pressures from various aspects and angles of even our Christian community. We definitely see it in the secular world. But this is a an enormous challenge for Christians because they always, because of our fallen state, we always think we need to do something more. Freedom in Christ, folks, is a joyful occasion that never ends. We have been spiritually circumcised now. That's why that Abrahamic covenant was important important in showing us the removal of part of us as a covenant sign that we are in a covenant relationship with God. But now it is a spiritual circumcision, as Paul would later say in his letter to the Colossians. That's Colossians 2.11. He talks about our old flesh has now been cut away, and now we live for Christ, albeit not perfectly. Our perfection in him will come when he returns. Folks, we can and should take every day, every day, to praise the glory of God and our redemption through Jesus Christ. We should hold dear the Lord's Supper in communion and the baptism of believers. We should celebrate the greatest act of redemption next to the cross, Passover. We should celebrate Easter. We We should celebrate the birth of Christ with great enthusiasm. We should make a point to enjoy every act of praise and worship that is available to us. But Paul emphasizes that we should do so not with the expectation that we can earn God's grace or favor in obedience. Our obedience, as I said, is a byproduct of the new covenant we enter with Jesus Christ through faith. And our proclamation is that he is God. We are not. And he owes us nothing. Yet, we owe him everything. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you and give you peace. Next up on Open Your Bibles, we will explore Galatians chapter 4, verses 12 through 20. With the superiority of God's grace revealed in a forsaken relationship. God bless you all and remember... 
The Bible can never mean anything different today than it did back then.